Hey readers, welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talks. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 techs working in the Child and Youth Programming Department with a passion for children's literature. And this is the place to discover new and exciting book recommendations for kids. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon theme. We will explore books, spoiler free, available at the library in print and digital form, which include picture books, junior fiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. Hello, Laura. Hi, Leanna. How are you doing today on this fine Wednesday afternoon? I'm alone in my house. It's weird. Well, we have reached the fifth episode of our Juice Box Book Talks episode. So congratulations to us making it this far. I'm no excited. kidding. I'm excited to do this today. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, we had this great idea to do a Canadian themed episode for today to celebrate I Read Canadian Day, which is going to be held on February 17th of this year. And this is a national day of celebration of Canadian books for young people. The purpose of this event is to raise awareness of Canadian books and celebrate the diversity of Canadian literature. We thought the podcast was a perfect opportunity to promote our favorite Canadian authors and their books in the hopes that our listeners would be inspired to read some Canadian. As always, we will list additional titles in our show notes because we obviously can't get to all our favorite Canadian authors. So hopefully you'll find something out of all of those suggestions um, to recommend for the young readers in your lives. Absolutely. So many to choose from. It was so hard to just pick the few that we did. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's start with our buddy read. We chose an amazing book. Um, to read together for this month. Mm. Yeah, so it's um, Michelle Kataruzman's Music for Tigers. This is a middle grade novel um, geared towards kids 8 to 12, and it is currently a nominee for the 2021 Silver Birch Awards. So um, I have a very brief setup here. So our story starts with Louisa. She's a young violinist from Toronto who was sent to Australia to stay with her eccentric uncle at their family's rainforest farm. While she's there, Louisa discovers that her great grandmother had started a sanctuary for extinct Tasmanian tigers. Sadly, the forest is now under threat by a mining operation that wants to build a bridge for miners to transport tin and iron more efficiently. This inevitably will destroy the forest. So we've got sort of this coming of age story wrapped in a mystery adventure Mm -hmm. story. Um, I absolutely loved it. What did you think, Laura? I loved it. And I mean, um, I'm a sucker for anything that has to do with music too. And I was like, oh, I like how the the music all came into it as well. So, I mean, like half of the novel I spent reading and like singing waltzing matilda in my head so mm. yeah it's it was a great great story so and it was like, inspiring and it made you think about different things and like lots to talk about for sure so yeah I loved it mm-hmm. I love the fact that like I was a little nervous going in because I thought it would be strictly an environmental fiction book which isn't a bad thing that's a wonderful to address in stories but I thought it would get a little almost too preachy and it doesn't in any right 
in any way because it really has a lot of elements going for it. Like there is a mystery, there is um, a secret journal that she discovers that her great grandmother wrote when she is in Australia. And I, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite tropes in middle grade is the book within a book. Of course. <laughs> I loved, I loved reading her gra- great grandmother's journal. Um, it was mysterious. I feel like the mystery element um, really kept the pages turning. And it's such a short book that every single chapter, something exciting happens. Like it's, deliberately crafted in the sense that there's no wasted time in this story like and I think Mm -hmm. that's fantastic for kids because they're not going to get bored they will be flipping through and really wanting to read that next chapter like to see what happens for sure and I felt like there were so many different conversation starters throughout the entire book that's what I really liked about it the different themes that they took on I mean yeah like from family history autism animal extinction preservation performance anxiety everything it just had a little bit of everything for everyone really so lots of great things to get conversation started so yeah absolutely I feel like anxiety was a big talking point um Mm -hmm. struggles with anxiety and her family dynamic is interesting because she does feel like an outcast in her family because her family they're all scientists and she's a musician she wants to be a classical violinist right she's struggling with her anxiety because she can't go to the auditions and perform properly because she gets so nervous so I think that's fantastic for kids especially in 2020 like there's a lot of anxious kiddos out there right now dealing with so much change and I feel like that's such a great talking point from the story Mm -hmm. Um, I love how she connects you mentioned autism she connects with another character who in his right feels like an outcast with his classmates and they find that connection and yeah it just it's a beautiful coming of age story with a lot of um, talking points about the environment Um, I definitely think this is a a good contender for Silver Birch so I definitely recommend Music for Tigers by Michelle Katerusman fantastic book yes absolutely Okay, so my first middle grade book is also another nominee for the 2021 Silver Birch Awards. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit by adding these books, but they're just they're just too good this year. Um, and this is Allison Mills, The Ghost Collector. I read this last year, right in the middle of all the craziness, and it was just such a calming, beautiful book to get me through all those all the weirdness at the beginning of 2020. 20. Um, I read it again and I loved it just as much. This is middle grade. So again, I would recommend it for kids nine to 12. Um, It's about a young girl named Shelly. She's having a difficult time fitting in at her school. She's the only Indigenous student in her grade six class, but this is only part of the problem. Shelly's spending too much time straddled between two worlds, the living and the dead. She prefers spending time with her Cree grandma catching ghosts to hanging out with friends. In fact, Shelly likes to think of herself as her grandma's apprentice. This is an amazing middle grade, middle grade story. I love the intergenerational bond between Shelly and her grandma and the respectable way that Alison Mills writes about these strong female characters. The story beautifully frames a discussion about death and grief by exploring their role as ghost collectors and helping people and their loved ones move on after death. I would recommend this to anyone struggling with loss since learning to let go is a major theme and one that will leave you shedding a few tears throughout this ghostly tale. It has diverse characters, all of which I fell in love with. 
um, it's creepy, but not, it's creepy in a sentimental way. It's not creepy, like going to scare, like boo scary. Um, it's just, it's not your typical ghost story. It's very unique. And it definitely felt, I by reading it, I felt like I learned a lot. Um, it focuses on family, loss, love and tradition, the Cree culture and their traditions. Um, it views death as something that's just a part of life that kids can learn about and relate to. Um, the writing is absolutely charming. I, I have to like just read this one line when it's talking about Shelly um, and she's driving in her car with her mom and she describes the re rear view mirror. The rear view mirror is held in place with glue and hope. <laughs> Like, I just thought it was just so clever and cute. Um, I made notes throughout reading, like throughout reading it. Um, like Music for Tigers, music is an important theme in this book. Um, so where Music for Tigers talked about a lot about classical music, this book really delves into more 80s, 80s music, like 80s retro. Laura, you would appreciate this. Totally. Um, oh my gosh, it's right up my alley. There is this like cute sardonic character named Joseph and he exchanges cassettes cassettes kids will learn what a cassette is I like a, a tape and it has like the Smiths and Susie and the Banshees and the cure on it so I'm sitting there in my like like this is my music right so I feel like this retro 80s music like the kids will learn about music and like I said Joseph is just an amazing character he connects um he connects with Shelly and it's another way that Shelly connects with her mom. And it's just, it's just beautiful and touching. That's the ghost collector by the debut novel, the ghost collector by author Allison Mills. My second and final <laughs> silver birch nominee for 2021, which just happens to make this list because I cannot eliminate any of them because I love them so much is Colleen Nelson's Harvey comes home. Now this book is like, so in my wheelhouse, there's a dog on the cover. Obviously I'm going to pick it up because I am a sucker for dog stories. It is the sweetest cover, like the simplest, sweetest cover, like simplicity, but adorable at the same time. Like you just have to look at it. You're like, Ooh, I, I go ahead. Sorry. Continue. So this is the, okay. So Harvey comes home is just a perfect book for the COVID-19 times we're living because it deals with isolation, loneliness, poverty, it has some intergenerational relationships and an adorable dog. How much has adoption gone up in the last year? <laughs> so um, Colleen Nelson does an amazing job presenting the world through the eyes of Harvey, our beloved West Highland Terrier. She seamlessly is able to weave multiple narratives and time periods together, adding an interesting story and informative piece of history to that story. This is a heartwarming story that will make you cry a bit. Sorry, Laura, but I promise you it will feel it will make you feel grateful. Um, the writing is beautiful. It's multifaceted. The characters are like just you'll fall in love with all the characters. There is a few grim chapters because this, although this is contemporary fiction, it does delve, delve into a little bit of historical fiction that's a bit darker, not scary, but again, another piece that will be informative to young readers. Um, I loved it. Like I read it at least twice, twice now. Um, I like the structure of it. I think kids will really enjoy 
the historical element. And again, there's a dog. He's one of the narrators. You will love him. That's <laughs> Colleen Nelson's Harvey Comes Home. Okay. All right. So it's my turn now. Um, and I have chosen four picture books actually this month. So I'm going to talk to you about my first two that I've chosen. Um, I've kind of based it on the book, but maybe more about the illustrators or authors as well. So my first one is by Ali Mackay. Um, and I could have chosen any of her books because they're all beautiful, but I chose If You Hold a Seed because I'm a sentimental person when it comes to anything about seeds and like going from plant to seed. I just, I love it. So I chose If You Hold a Seed. It's a beautiful story. It was a Blue Spruce Award nominee, I think about five, five, six years ago now. I can't remember exactly. Um, it's just beautiful. It's about the evolution of a seed and it parallels with the life of a child growing as well. So it's a beautiful story. What I love about Ellie Mackay though, is that her illustrations are so unique, so stunning and like breathtaking at times when you look at them. And we've had her at the library and she's done a demonstration on how she, you know, her illustrations come together and her unique process that she uses. And it's, it's amazing what she does. And she's such a talent and yeah, so If You Hold a Seed is my first uh, picture book pick by Ellie Mackay, and I recommend you pick up any of her books, really, because they're all stunningly beautiful, whether she's written them or illustrated them. And, I mean, you can purchase her prints from her Etsy shop as well, Theatre Clouds, which is another great, beautiful thing. So that was If You Hold a Seed by Ellie Mackay. Next, my next picture book pick is I Talk Like a River. I am so excited about this one because it actually just won the ALA Schneider Family Book Award um, for books about children with disabilities. So this book is, it's absolutely beautiful. It's written by Jordan Scott and illustrated by Sydney Smith. It's stunning to look at as well. The watercolor pictures are absolutely amazing. Uh, it's about a little boy who has a stutter. And some days when he goes to schools, he just has a, what he calls a bad speech day. And he can see the words. He's, he knows he's surrounded by words. The words are in his head. He just can't get them out sometimes. Um, and I can relate. I like, have never been diagnosed with anything and I don't, it doesn't happen all the time. But there are many times where I can hear in my head what I want to say and I can't get it out. So I totally relate to this book. I love the dad one day says to him, you know what? You've had a bad speech day. Let's just go on an outing. He takes him and he shows him the river. And he says to him, you know, the river's always changing. It has blips and blurps. And, it, you know, it has moments where it doesn't flow the way it wants to either. So it's a beautiful comparison. The story is beautiful. Um, yeah, I Talk Like a River by Jordan Scott. It's, it's stunning. I love it. So there, there you go. So my next middle grade, I had a really hard time selecting because I had to talk about my favorite children's author, Jonathan Oxier. So I hey, went- Whoa, let's just stop. You just took like a big <gasps> I intake of breath there, Leanna. <laughs> so I, I went with Sweep, the story of a girl and her- a girl and her monster. And if you work with me or know me in any capacity, you know how much I love this book. This is historical fiction with the perfect amount of fantasy. I would recommend it again to kids eight to 12. Um, this story is just one of the most beautiful stories I have ever read in children's fiction. And I've read a lot of children's fiction. I've read a lot of fiction in general. Um, this book, like you just, you start reading it and immediately it feels like an instant classic. I, this is the kind of book that I will 
press into any young reader's hand at the library. Like, I feel like you're looking for a book. I have a good book for you. Like, I think it will resonate with all young readers, regardless of what they're looking for, because it's that good. Um, it's an instant classic in the sense that I feel like the kids that I give it to, they will give it to their kids in 20 years. It's like Charlotte's Web and the Chronicles of Narnia. It's like the book that I feel like kids in 20 years will be performing the play at, at their school, at, in elementary school. Um, it's set in Victorian London. So if you can just sort of imagine Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> like just sort of the dark, dank sort of Sherlock Holmes um, setting. Um, it's a world of chimney sweeps, but not like the chimney sweeps from like Mary Poppins. There's no singing and dancing. This is like chimney, the grim life of chimney sweeps that William Blake wrote about. Um, these are dark, dark times. Um, it's a dark world. It's where children were actually hired and purchased and sometimes even kidnapped to work, work as chimney sweeps because they were just tiny enough to fit inside. We follow an orphan girl. She's 11 years old and her name is Nan Sparrow as she deals with the harsh realities of her poverty stricken and lonely life. After an ill-fated mission that almost costs her her life, she awakens surprisingly unscathed clutching a tiny piece of char. Oddly, this piece of char grows and grows to become her golem best friend and protector, Charlie. This is a, this is historical fiction. Um, it's mystical. It's magical. Um, it has that, that found family trope you find in children's books, which is just absolutely gorgeous um, and lovely. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's Jonathan Oxier's Sweet, the Story of a Girl and Her Monster. Okay, so I'm back with my last two picture books that I've chosen. Um, like I said, it was really hard to just pick four. And I mean, I could have gone on and on. But anyway, so these are my last two that I chose. My third title is called The Barnabas Project. And it is by the Fan Brothers. It's written and illustrated by the Fan Brothers. Love, love the Fan Brothers. So I'm kind of like, I'm biased because I, I love their work anyway. But this book is exceptional. Like, it's the sweetest book. It's cute. Um, there are so many great things about it. It's whimsical. It's imaginative. Just like all of their picture books usually are, their illustrations. Um, it's all about acceptance and teamwork and curiosity and hope. And um, anyway, so Barnabas is, a, he's half mouse and half elephant, and he lives in a secret lab, believes, and he believes that nothing is impossible. Even though he lives in the secret lab, he's kind of in a little ajar and part of what they call the failed project. So, but he dreams of being outside of the lab and like, what, what else is out there? So it's a great book about exploring, about, you know, not wanting to give up and you know he just he believes nothing is impossible he says that throughout the book um the illustrations are what gonna get you I mean they're just they're so adorable they're like the cutest little fair failed projects ever um the end papers I'm a big sucker for end papers and picture books like they just take my breath away I love them the end papers like from the beginning to end of this book from the end papers to end papers you will love it and that is the Barnabas Project by of course, the amazing fan brothers. Okay. My last one. I have a lot to say about my last book. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start. So I'm going to confess I'm a Canadian and I, I'm not a hockey fan at all. Like, I mean, I, like I'll, I'll watch hockey, but I'm certainly not like a, a super hockey fan. However, 
This book came out uh, in 2020, Bobby Orr and the Hand-Me-Down Skates, written by Bobby Orr and uh, Cara Kutstra and illustrated by Jennifer Phelan. And this book is, it's stunning. Like it really is. I'm not a hockey fan by any means, like I've said, but the book itself is beautiful. Um, the story is is just heartwarming. Um, and as a Canadian, how can you not want to pick up a book called Bobby Orr and the Hand-Me-Down Skates? So the book is about Bobby when he's 11 years old and all that he wants is a brand new pair of skates. But of course, there's different times, you know, times are tough. More than one kid in the family. Of course, he gets his older brother's skates for his birthday. Not what he wanted. But as it turns out, the skates, you know, help him to go on to do great things. He takes them with him wherever he goes. Um, and eventually he does grow to them and they go on to someone else. So it's a perfect, it's a perfect story. Um, the illustrations are just like absolutely stunning. Um, when I picked it up, and I'm sorry in advance, I'm gonna get a song stuck in your head as a Canadian. So when I picked it up, the first thing I noticed about the character um, is the illustrations look very similar to the ever popular NFB film, The Log Driver's Waltz. So <laughs> I know Leanna's like, you're singing it. He goes purling down and down white waters. So it's funny, ironically enough, I did a little bit of research and the illustrator, Jennifer Phelan, she actually did a picture book um, version of The Log Driver's Waltz. So I was like, hey, it's not just me. That was a good, uh, good connection there. And the illustrations themselves, I mean, the settings, um, they set, are set in Perry Sound because that's where Bobby Orr grew up, was in Perry Sound, Ontario. And if you've ever been to Perry Sound, you know how beautiful it is up north. So her illustrations are absolutely stunning, like lots of um, pastels and watercolor illustrations, beautiful colors. And I mean, to me, they, they take you, they remind you so much of like a Tom Thompson painting or a Lauren Harris or just, it's a beautiful book from the story to the illustrations. Love it. Um, I mean, if you're a fan of anything like the sweat, the hockey sweater, right? You definitely have to pick up this one, Bobby Orr and Hand Me Down Skates. Loved it. <laughs> I have a bit of a left-hand turn, a very sharp left-hand turn to uh, take from that heartwarming story. Aww. And I'm going to read the first couple lines of the next book that I'm going to talk about. The title of the chapter is Home Sweet Horror, and it's set in London, Ontario. Sabrina was an avid reader. From a very young age, she was often found with her nose buried in a good book, and she enjoyed finding comfortable reading nooks in quiet, private places. But in all of the travels, she took to faraway lands and make-believe places. She never encountered any place half as terrifying as her own home. <sighs> Do you want me to continue? Of course you don't, because you're, you're scared. This, of course, is from Haunted the Haunted Canada series. Specifically, this one is from Haunted Canada number seven. And I'm going to briefly talk about this amazing series because I don't think you can work in a library in Canada without knowing this series. This is a very popular series. It's so true. They go out all the time. And I feel like it's just a bit of a rite of passage for kids to read these stories about spooky Canadian tales. So it looks like volume four to 10 has been, um, was written by Joel A. Sutherland. And I think previously it was by someone else. Ah, I don't have her name here. Um, anyway, so Joel A. Sutherland does an amazing job 
um, writing about this series. He's basically like a ghost hunter who travels around Canada and stays in these places. I love it. I'm here for it. I think any kid that is looking for spooky tales and likes the, or sorry, the children's version of Paranormal Activity will love this series. Um, the series combines spooky stories and eerie illustrations um, with Canadian history throughout Canada. Each volume is terrifying. It's a bone chilling collection. Um, in many ways, like I feel like Joel A. Sutherland is the Canadian answer to R.L. Stein. So any of the kids that are interested and R.L. Stein, Goosebumps, stuff like that, I would definitely recommend the Haunted Canada series. Um, the most recent one came out last year um, in August of 2020. Um, I, I just, I love this series. I love these tales when I was a kid. This is the totally the short stories that I wanted to read about. And they're true and you can research um, these places. If you go to the Scholastic website, they actually have a map of Canada where you can click on various places throughout Canada and it will show you the stories that have been discussed in this series, which I think is amazing. I actually Road trip. Road I trip. I think 100% I'm here for that. Um, I did a little digging and I did discover um, in Haunted Canada 2 there's a story about Screaming Tunnel in Niagara Falls. And I just have to say, like, growing up in Niagara Falls, I know all about Screaming Tunnel. It was a huge part of, I won't get into too much detail, but I mean, as a teenager, that was just a place where you did go to hang out. And I just love that you can go to this classic website and navigate through the map and find these cool places. Um, yeah, I highly recommend Joel A. Sutherland's Haunted Canada series. Okay, and my last middle grade book I'd like to discuss is Deborah Ellis's The Breadwinner. I would recommend this book and its series to kids aged 10 plus. Um, there are four titles in this series. It's an inspiring novel about the power of stories and their ability to teach at the same time as sustain some hope, which we talk about hope a lot. That's what we really need these days. Um, so The Breadwinner series follows Parvana and I think by now like this was published in 2000 or 2001 so I think a lot of people know this story but very briefly it's about Parvana growing up in Afghanistan after the Taliban takeover and the story follows um, her trying to help her family after her father is imprisoned and because the Taliban is in power she's not she's basically not allowed to leave the house without a male accompanying her. So Parvana dresses up as a little boy and literally becomes the breadwinner for her family. This book is, is just, is beautiful and sad. I read it when I was in university, like this is going back a while. I was still in university working at a bookstore and even as an adult reading it, like I learned so much. I feel like now I know a lot more about Afghanistan, the Middle East, etc. Um, but I feel like this is one of those books that parents and adults will read and get like, will definitely get something out of it. It was actually adapted to a film in 2017. Um, like I said, I believe there's currently four titles in the series. There's even a graphic novel. Um, this is a strong female character who is both brave and courageous. Um, she risks her life to take care of her family. It's, it's beautiful. It's stunning. Um, the illustrate, I have one with 
screenshots from the film and it's just, it's breathtaking. Um, it's realistic fiction and it's just a perfect example of a story that will give Western readers a glimpse into the plight of children in developing countries. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, Deborah Ellis's The Breadwinner. All right, my last selection uh, for this month is my emergent pick that I've chosen. Um, it's a sentimental favorite because, I mean, any most most kids growing up in Canada or anywhere, really anywhere in the world, know Anne of Green Gables. Um, I was a huge fan of Anne of Green Gables growing up. I mean, I grew up in the 80s when the Kevin Sullivan movies came out with Megan Follows, and mm. I was obsessed with them, I was, like obsessed like not healthy. Yeah. I had dolls, I had calendars, I had plates, I had mugs, like so much and memorabilia, like crazy. So I chose this major emergent reader. Um, it's called Anne Arrives. It's an adapted um, version of Anne of Green Gables by Lucy Maud Montgomery. And this one's adapted by Callie George and illustrated by Abigail Halpin. Um, so this isn't the full Anne. It's, it's when Anne comes to meet Marilla and Matthew and she's not obviously not a boy and it's about her encounter with first meeting Matthew and Marilla and meeting Rachel Lind which of course is you know just a fun I know like I just, I think anyway the kids, the kids today would call her a Karen right well in 2020 that's what you would have called her for sure so it's anyway I love this because it's a great introduction to Anna Green Gables for kids who aren't quite ready to pick up the book it is I mean it's a big book for a beginning reader, Anna Green Gables itself, I should say. So Anne Arrives um, is the first in the series. The next one is Anne's Kindred Spirits, I believe. And there's another one coming out this year later as well. So I highly recommend it. Every page has beautiful full color illustrations, simple, uh, simple paragraphs, simple text, and you get the gist and the love of Anne. I mean, she's amazing. My daughter and I read it together and she's like, can you get the next book, mommy? Like, it's just, how can you not fall in love? Like she's such a timeless character. Anne. I mean, carrots and all. So yeah. So Anne arrives adapted by Callie George pictures by Abigail Halpin, of course, based on the brilliant Lucy Maud Montgomery. So there you go. That's a Leanna. Yes, that's a perfect. I know you want to more add more, so let's hear it. I, we could talk. We could have spent this entire episode talking about Anna Green Gables. To be it's perfect, true. Um, I feel like that series is wonderful for our emergent readers. I did read the first two. I love the second with Diana. I love mm -hmm. and her just Anne's just the way Anne sees the world and yeah, she's just she's just a, she just the world sparkles in her eyes and I feel right. like. The kids even are they like that anymore like she just has this beautiful way of seeing I don't know she's just a lovely character she's mm -hmm. definitely a leading icon obviously you should read Anna Green Gables too that's another classic yes are constantly pressing into young readers hands it's yeah. lovely there's also a graphic graphic novel edition um that came out in 2017 it was reimagined and adapted by Mariah Marsden and illustrated by Brenna Thumler. It's whimsical and beautiful. I just love the subtle touches of humor throughout the story. It retains the integrity of Ellen Montgomery's original mm. story. It's heartwarming and certainly invokes that same warm and fuzzy feeling you get from the original story. Um, this is a great selection for young readers who are looking for a graphic novel, like they might be intimidated by the chapter book. Um, so I would definitely pick up 
um, the graphic novel version of Anne of Green Gables. It's again, like you said, it had, Laura, it has universal appeal. Um, she's a lovely, she's a wonderful role model and it's a classic. Absolutely. So, Anne of Green Gables, we have the original text, we have the emergent readers and the lovely graphic novel. So that's it for this month. That's it. I read Canadian Day, February 17th. Don't forget it. Yes, we hope if you pick up one Canadian book based on this episode, I will be happy. That will be lovely. Um, There's a lot of amazing stuff out there. And I feel like we really need to promote it more. I think sometimes we forget about some of the Canadian titles. There's a lot out there. Thanks so much for listening today. We hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles. All the books discussed today are available in print and digital format on either Overdrive, Cloud Library, or Hoopla. Please visit BrantfordLibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other fantastic programs the library has to offer. Thanks. Bye-bye. Juicebox Book Talks is a Brantford Public Library podcast developed by Leanna Flumiani, that's me, and me, Laura Virag. Edited by Zila Ozol. Music provided by Purple Planet through purple-planet.com. 